happy, beautiful morning to all of you listening to the show today. I am constantly inspired by your feedback and your questions. After all, in the words of the great American philosopher and poet, Ralph Waldo Emerson, to know one life has breathed easier because you have lived, this is to have succeeded. That is part of a beautiful quote. And so I know that if the words I speak today touch just one of your hearts, then I am living according to my God-given purpose and I have succeeded. Today's topic comes from two different listeners since I felt what they wanted to hear about actually overlaps. Roger R. wanted to hear about the benefits of being surrounded by God-driven, God-fearing, positive, productive, and growth-minded people. He went on to write that in the last two years, this has become even more important than ever since many people feel alone, isolated, and disconnected from a higher power and tribe that would inspire them to elevate themselves while being held accountable to their faith, goals, and potential. And piggybacking on this topic, Johnny R. wanted to hear about behavior patterns and habits, the good versus the bad. Thank you both for these wonderful suggestions, and I pray that this show gives you some of the answers you are looking for and some food for thought. Before we dive into the show, I wanted to encourage you to get your very own copy of My Magnus Opus, which is a 120-page legacy keepsake book that allows you to craft your life story beginning with your birth. Within your story, there are prompts that will help you uncover the important people that have influenced and shaped your life. There are also places for your family tree, photos, and other memorabilia to capture your unique life story and gifts that will live on for your family and future generations. You can get your very own copy by going to www.mymagnusopus.com. Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to Your Story is a Legacy show. My name is Rosanna Jackalone, and I'll be your host, your life story guide, your legacy coach, your spiritual healer, and friend. This show will help you get inspired and give you resources and practical tips so you can craft and tell your unique life story for yourself, your children, and generations to come. I bet you are asking, well, how will this show make my life better? It will do that by first, helping you to get to know yourself more deeply, and in the process, 
learn your passions and the unique gifts you bring to the world. Second, it helps you get through transitions, things like job loss, marriage, childbirth, relocation, even things like divorce. It also helps you heal by turning traumas in your life into triumphs. And finally, it helps you create a legacy to leave for yourself, your family, and future generations. If that sounds good to you, let's begin our journey together. Today's topic is, what are the benefits of being surrounded by God-driven, growth-minded people who hold us accountable to our goals? And how do we find those with good behavior patterns versus bad ones? We will answer those questions by breaking them down into three parts. Number one, who are the five people you are spending the most time with and why does that matter? Number two, why did you choose these people? Why are you attracting them? And number three, how do you attract the right people and what can your best influence circle look like? Let's start with who you are spending your time with. Motivational speaker Jim Rohn famously said that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Think about that for a moment. I actually remember mulling those words over in my head when I first heard them some years ago. What a provocative statement. As always, when something strikes me like that, I'll spend some quiet time reflecting upon it. So I started by writing down a list of people that I spend time with, and then I narrowed it down to the five that I spent the most time with, either in person, on the phone, FaceTiming, or thinking about them. I wanted to be honest about who those people were. The surprising thing I learned from this exercise was the five people on the list did not all reflect my values. Worse than that, I knew that two of them presented some very toxic behaviors. So how then, I wondered, was I spending time with them? After all, I knew that who I am, well, who I am with, I should say, influences my behavior, my attitudes, and my outcomes. What went wrong? I decided to go back in time to uncover this. I started thinking about my group of friends from childhood through high school. They were a nice group of kids from close-knit families. They were intelligent, goal-oriented, came from different walks of life, and were open to other points of view. With those friends, I thrived. In this group of friends, we all contributed to each other's growth and were accountable to each other. We set high standards for ourselves and our personality traits reflected them. Some of the personality traits and activities we had in common were 
a positive mental attitude. We took pride in excellent outcomes. We respected others. We were well-rounded. We believed in helping others and learned or asked questions about things we didn't know so that we could be prepared for the next chapter in life. I could look at my group of five at that time and proudly say, this is my tribe, and we are all reflective of the best of each other. Things would change in college and then the workforce since I was letting more of the external world shape me. I was spending more time away from my value core of God and my family, and I was spending more time with my college buddies and colleagues, most of whom I don't even speak to anymore. I was too emotionally young to realize that there are many people who come and go in our lives for a season, and that does not mean that they are meant to stay with us for a lifetime. At the time, I couldn't imagine a college best friend wasn't going to be my best friend forever, or that I would barely stay in touch with colleagues once we were no longer working in the same company. On the plus side, I met someone at that time of my life on my commute to work who would become one of the most important people in my life. He would become a confidant and second family to me. What else was going on in my external circumstances at the time? What was changing? Well, there were also people in my key influence circle whom I loved and shaped me who passed away. Their influence was felt regularly, but they were no longer one of the five people I spent the most time with. They had been really important influences in my life. I tried to fill that void, but it was not quite the same. And as I climbed the career ladder, I was spending more time with people circumstantially since I was working so many hours. Again, this was part of a journey, and these were people that would not remain in my life or my influence circle longer than the time that I worked with them, but they did affect my thoughts and my behaviors. I became sadly more materialistic and more caught up in the see and be seen world. I was very goal-oriented still, but most of my goals focused on work and earning more money. I was not spending time with the people who affirmed my core values. I didn't honor the needs I had with boundaries or nurturing them, and in some instances, I never spent enough time to truly know what those needs were or to take a good look at just how far I was drifting away from most of what mattered to me on a soul level. I was too busy being and doing without enough time meditating and listening to my inner voice. I would get lost 
in my long to-do lists and become squirrel-brained, going from one task to the next or multitasking and not being present. And no surprise, I met and attracted more busy people at this stage of life. They, like me, had their lives revolving around work, getting dressed to go out and meet people, eating, sleeping, to-do lists, and starting over again the next day. I call this sleepwalking through life since we are not connecting with purpose and living each day according to our purpose. We end these days worn out. And the only thing that truly refreshed me during this period, besides being with the kids in my life, would be a good sermon at church, a tough workout session, or time with family or one of my best friends. I was forced to take a good long look at my life and how I was spending my time and who I was spending my time with. And when I did, it no longer surprised me why I had two people in my group of five with toxic behaviors. What were some of the toxic behaviors that I allowed into my life? I had two of the closest people there who were fairly negative. They would speak ill of others. They would criticize me in a hurtful manner. They would manipulate situations. They would do things because it served them, not really engaging or asking about things that mattered to me or my dreams. And I often felt badly about myself in their company when I spoke to them or thought about situations with them. And yet, I did nothing to truly speak up about the situations that bothered me to them. I would speak to either a spiritual counselor or write about them in my journal. These are people that did not encourage my dreams or bring out the goodness in me, but rather triggered internal struggles I was having and left me feeling small. They did not really know what was going on in my life. And for my part, I had to understand why I was attracting these people. After all, this is the part I am responsible for, my behaviors and my participation in this unhealthy ecosystem. At the same time, I did a little bit more self-examination and I could see the pattern played out with romantic relationship as well. I hadn't truly expressed my needs in my relationship, so was it any wonder that eventually it would crash and burn out? There was not a healthy foundation, nor the behaviors to support them. I knew things had to change, and the changes would have to begin with me. I began in earnest to do all kinds of work on myself, spiritually and emotionally. I began writing down my needs, which I wasn't even fully in touch with. I went to setting healthy boundaries workshops, started seeing a therapist, went to church more, and with my new tools, 
I started consciously distancing myself from these two people. I did this by loving from a distance. But a funny thing happens when you change. The person who has been in that unhealthy dynamic with you usually does not like the change. Unless, of course, they are doing work on themselves at the same time. It is so hard to change a bad behavior in yourself that unless you constantly practice it with healthy people, you will fall back to your old ways. And those toxic people will try to play to your weaknesses again. To protect myself, I knew, if necessary, I would walk away from these relationships since they were offering me more harm than good. At this point, I began loving myself enough to say I deserve better and could be grateful for the things about the relationship and what I learned and needed to learn from it and then release it with love. So that leads to the last part of this, the good behavior patterns and habits that you create in yourself and seek and then attract from others. I had to do a good, honest inventory of myself. Was I a good friend? Why yes and why no? What did I do really well? What could I do better? Who were people I admired who possessed all of the qualities I was working on? In my case, those qualities were more patience, not being reactive or judgmental, having strong and clear boundaries, and walking out their faith, not just knowing the words of key Bible passages or going to church once or twice a week. So I again looked at my list. The good news is it was filled with healthy people that I admired. I just wasn't spending enough time with them. And so I shifted the time I spent in less nurturing relationships to be around those people that were already the people I wanted to become. They possessed all the qualities I was working on in abundance. I would also come to learn that while they would be loving and encourage my spiritual and mental growth, they also provided criticism. But this time, the criticism was different. The criticism came from a place of love and accountability. They knew I wanted to be better and they wanted to help me get there. They would provide tough love since they knew it would be easier for me to fall back on my old ways. And with them, I had nowhere to hide. One of my favorite sayings in the Bible comes from the book of Proverbs 27, 17. It reads, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I could only grow with these types of friends or people I wanted to become. Now, you may be asking, what if I don't have these people in my life? How do I find them? And here I would suggest seeking them out in places that hold your core values, 
such as a volunteer job with a cause that is meaningful to you, getting involved with a church or synagogue that has coffee hour after service and events where you can meet others. Uh, If health is really important to you, you could join a running group or a vegetarian cooking class. Think about those things you are seeking to develop in you. Write those down, and there you will find the answers about places to find your tribe. Another source of inspiration to keep me living in my values and aspiring to be the best is to do daily meditations, prayer, and reading in the Bible. I also read nonfiction accounts of people I admire. Some of them include St. Teresa of Lisieux, Oprah Winfrey, Leonardo da Vinci, Mother Teresa, Aristotle, and Eliza Hamilton. As a final thought to find your tribe, I would love for our Facebook community to be that safe place of positive, inspirational people who are giving themselves permission to dream, believe in God, or another higher power, and can be accountability partners to each other. If you would like to make this your tribe, log on to Facebook and go to My Magnus Opus Community and type the words, I'm in. Depending on what this looks like and how many of you there are, we may break off and do guided monthly Zoom sessions together. I'd like to wish you and your loved ones all the joy and blessings of this holiday season. I will be back with my next show in 2022. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. 2022! And if you missed the show between now and then, feel free to listen to any of the past episodes or explore our website, www mymagnusopus.com and you can also sign up for our emails on the homepage. Until then, I'm sending you light and love. If you feel inspired by this show, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes or subscribe to the show since I update the topics weekly. And If you feel there are others who would like this show, please take a screenshot of the show, add it to your Instagram story, and tag me at MyMagnusOpus. Also, I'd like to get to know you, so please join our email list by signing up at www.MyMagnusOpus.com. You can also join our private Facebook group, of like-minded legacy storytellers by going to My Magnus Opus community. Thanks so much for tuning in. May your day be full of abundance in everything you do and keep your head up always. Until next time, I'm sending you love and light.